This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's, there's nothing more relaxing than... Disco. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hi. You're right. Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Yes. Good. Um, what to tell you about as we get started here? I went to a party. Well done, you. It was a two-year-old's birthday party. Oh, okay, right. Um, which I, I was. T- sort of dreading beforehand mm. and then I was trying to psych myself up by thinking look it's not about you and it's not about how uncomfortable your interactions with the other parents are going to be it's about how much your two and a half year old son enjoys himself uh, there's going to be games there's going to be entertainment there's going to be other children so just focus on that not about how awkward you're going to feel. Right. Very good for you. So I went with this attitude. Yeah. And my son had a terrible time. Oh, no. Oh, I mean, just just awful. I mean, just had this awful, awful time. So um, he, he didn't want to join in with any of the games. Yeah. Like all the other kids were sat on the floor doing past the parcel and he didn't want to sit with them. He wanted to sit with me. Um he just wanted to go into the kitchen the whole time. He wanted to leave fairly much as soon as we got there. Oh. He didn't want to give the card uh, to the kid whose birthday it was. Um, and and I'm thinking about this, and, and the most likely explanation is that, as I mentioned on last week's podcast, he recently had an operation. Mm. So he had his tonsils and adenoids out, and he's had these grommets put in his ears. Everything is very loud to him at the moment. And he, he was probably just a bit sort of freaked out by it and, and not feeling himself and just wanted to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. However, I am just terrified that I'm looking at a miniature version of myself. <laughs> I don't want him to be like me. Like, that is my worst fear is that this little boy will grow up to be like me. You want him to be party guy. I want I want him to be competent. <laughs> competent. Yeah, Aww. that's all. I don't want him to be the life and soul. Okay. I just want him to be able to pass as normal. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I can't do. That being said, that being said, on Friday night we went out, Sarah and I. Yeah. And um, I feel that about once a year, as if by magic... All of a sudden, I'm socially competent. Okay, just something just clicks every yeah, now and yeah. then. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's this amazing day that comes annually. Mm. And I think, this is it. You know, when you're learning to ride a bike, yeah, like yeah. usually you just wobble and fall over. And then there's a moment mm. where it's like, oh my God, I'm cycling. <laughs> there are no stabilizers. My dad's let go. This is it. I can cycle now. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the age of 45, I'm still optimistic enough at heart to think that. When this descends on me once a year, this is it. I'm now a socially competent person. So we go out. Um, it's our friend Tom Allen, who people might know used to fill in for you on the radio show oh, when you were sick. He's yeah. a brilliant comedian. Uh, you might have seen him on whatever the spin-off show for Great British Bake Off is called. Yeah, He's a regular yeah. on that now. And the most incredible thing, he played at the London Palladium oh, amazing. on Friday night. And and. He's just had these fantastic few years, Tom. He's the loveliest man there is. And, you know, I think about me and Sarah going and seeing him in Edinburgh 
four years ago. And, you know, he's fantastic, but the show didn't get the traction it deserved. And he's playing in a small room, which, you know, isn't always full. Mm. And you're thinking, oh, God, I wish I wish Tom had get his break. And he's very oh, much got his break. The Palladium, I mean, the amazing. pinnacle yeah. of show business in a yeah. certain way. So it's just wonderful to go and see him. And then afterwards, there was a little party. And, you know, obviously, I'm dreading the party. Mm. But I love Tom so much that I, you know, I want to want to go along and show my support. Like it's going to be any worse a party if I'm not there. <laughs> but I also think it would, would look bad if he got us these free tickets and he got us these really nice seats. Right. In fact, I wasn't going to mention this, but we were in a box. Whoa! Yeah. So so his parents were in the royal box yeah. that you will have seen on the Royal Variety performance, yeah. and then we were in the box opposite on the other side of the stage. Oh wow! It was great you know just looking and seeing all these people who'd paid money to come and see tom and thinking i got this for free and you're a bunch of peasants and it was just looking down on yeah exactly like felt like statler and waldorf from the muppet Mm. show so anyway because tom had done this lovely thing and really you know i found it very moving that he'd sat us there i thought i've I've got to go and say hello afterwards Mm, because my usual trick is if i know somebody who's performing in any kind of thing i'll send a text message on the way home saying i'm so sorry the babysitter called and, and we had to get out of there but i love the you know mm. I'll, I'll send a very gushing text message with an excuse in it but i thought so so we go down to this party and there's so many people there and there's some people i've met before who's good to see again and then people i don't know at all and and for whatever reason something just clicks in me and i feel like i'm on i'm like i've got all the quips I've got keeping the conversational ball in the air. I'm doing a back and forth. Um, I'm introduced to a woman I've never met before. And, and uh, you know, I'm talking to her. Sarah's off talking to somebody else. And I feel the conversation is going so well uh, when the subject of, for whatever reason, Lady Diana comes up. Mm. I feel very comfortable in telling my story. The story about the condolences book. Yes. Right. Yeah, which is um, when when Diana died, around the same time, I had genital warts. Oh, God. I'd actually forgotten that bit of it. Well, no, the <laughs> interesting... But, but the best bit about the genital warts is I hadn't even caught them off anybody else. <laughs> I'd got all these verrucas, all these verrucas on my feet. Oh, my God. And somehow... The verrucas had passed from somehow, <laughs> oh my god, from from foot to hand, oh. and from ha- hand to yeah, nether can, regions. They travel nether regions isn't something I've ever oh, said before. It's nice. You get to a certain age, you're comfortable saying nether yeah. regions. Um, so, so anyway, I'm I'm telling the story, and and you know, basically the story is I ended up, despite the fact that I was uninterested in Diana up until the point of her tragic death, like getting swept up in the mood of grief that descended upon the nation. And I uh, I signed one of the condolence books for Diana mm. in the waiting room of the STD <laughs> genital wart clinic at Withington Hospital, where incidentally I was born in Manchester oh, oh, nice. whilst waiting to have genital warts burned off. I told you as well that the doctor was awful. No, I didn't know oh, that. Cause, so basically the thing that he used to burn off the warts, looked like a gun. Right. So I'm laying there with my pants down, yeah. laying there with my pants down, and there's a nurse on one side of the bed and a doctor on the other. Huh. And as he fires up this gun to go down and apply liquid nitrogen yeah. to my penis... Oh, God, yeah. Urethra specifically. Oh, God. <laughs> he, he holds the gun up to his mouth like he's a Western <laughs> gunslinger and blows across the barrel of it to amuse the nurse. <laughs> with the nurse yeah yeah. oh yeah i mean i hope that was an unsuccessful flirtation i imagine it was i would have thought so yeah so uh so 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 anyway you know i i ended up signing this condolence book what did you write i'm not telling you (laughs) and and the only reason i'm not telling you is like i can't 100 percent remember but i can remember the gist of it but here's what was wrong with it there was nothing funny about it it was just earnest right because i was swept up in the in the in the grief Mm. i i wrote something earnest in a diana condolence book that with hindsight was insincere but maybe Are they not... all in a vault somewhere? Well, this is what I, do. I mean. I, I can't imagine, you know, landfill. <laughs> Can you imagine, like the Earl, Earl Spencer or Prince Charles or whoever said, "Okay, uh, so this next one is from the STD <laughs> clinic at Wellington Hospital." Why did they have it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was so. So anyway, I was t- sort of telling this story, and I felt it went over well. 
Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Right. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because I was on. Because yeah, this fine. social magic had descended on me, and yeah. this was it. This was the moment my life had finally changed, and I became like everybody else. Um. So, so, so then, because I'm doing a bit of mingling, I see somebody else, and I want to go over and talk to the, that person. Mm. As I go over and talk to that person, I notice my wife make a beeline for the person I had been talking to. Right. So I sort of lean in to hear what they're talking about, and I hear her say, "Can I? Can I just check? Was my husband saying anything inappropriate then?" What? So she'd heard me talking about that story. Yeah. And you know, she feels that even when I am operating at a socially competent level, she has to go around the room <laughs> checking with people that I haven't embarrassed myself in some way well, or brought can, shame on our family, can apologize so you. that she can then do damage control. No, yeah. No. It's beautiful, isn't it? If you know where you're going, it doesn't matter if the location is going in that same direction because you're already making the move. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift. Maybe that could be a topic we ask you to write in on. Um, Social cockiness. After a lifetime of social incompetence, just thinking, despite all evidence to the contrary, mm. that all of a sudden you can roll with the big boys oh, conversationally. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you've got your story of social interaction gone awry, ready to go. Um, I was talking to some people last week. I bumped into some people from Acast who they they uh, sort out all the advertising in the show. They're a wonderful bunch of people. And again, they're saying to me, oh, I've got a story for a drift, but I tried writing it and it wasn't quite right. And I promise you, just send it in, whoever you are. If you've got a story and you're thinking, oh, the ones they read out of the podcast are so good. They, they, honestly, they, you know, yours is just as good. I bet yours is good yeah. as well, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, not there are some which are exceptionally good that yours probably isn't as good as. <laughs> 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 he was a bear and so on but you know uh, we would love to hear your story so uh, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com and this is from katie i have a nut allergy it's quite severe and a while ago i went through a phase of not eating meat i was invited to a dinner party by some friends who apparently were unaware of my allergy they are big meat eaters but when i arrived they made such a fuss about the fact they'd cooked a roasted nut loaf especially to accommodate my vegetarian diet that they had gone to quite a lot of trouble to source the best recipe and make sure it was perfect that the moment to say i couldn't eat it whooshed past me in a sea of polite <gasps> thank yous and you shouldn't have gone to so much efforts I realised that I'd missed my opportunity and started to panic about how I could get out of eating the meal they made. Eventually, we sat down to dinner and I had failed to come up with a plan and still was physically incapable of uttering the words, thank you so much for the effort, but your dinner may kill me. And I ended up sitting at the table, shoveling forkfuls of nut loaf <laughs> into my mouth and washing it down with as much water as I deemed was polite at a dinner party, all the while feeling my throat and mouth swell and burn. I carried medication with me at all times to take in case of an allergic reaction. And I excused myself to the toilet where I overdosed on antihistamines and steroids and prayed that I wouldn't need to resort to the EpiPen. <laughs> I went back downstairs, admitted that I was feeling a little unwell and didn't feel like I stayed for dessert apologised, thanked them and left. I did get several strange looks, likely due to my swollen face, and I had to get into my car and drive myself immediately to the nearest A&E. <laughs> I have still never told them. That is extraordinary. It's so extraordinary, yet I, I totally get how it happened that kind of that moment where you've got this tiny window to say yes oh my god i'm so sorry i can't eat nuts yeah and it, and it just disappears yeah yeah and that's it you're stuck what can you do oh, I, I mean this this weekend we went around to somebody's house for lunch and i'm vegetarian which i always feel awkward about you know people having to cater to but but i also have this thing about eggs mm, yeah whereby i think i've talked about it in the podcast before if if i Egg, I, I kind of vomit straight away. Mm. Now, here's, here's where it gets complicated. If you made me a cake and used an egg in the cake, yeah, yeah. it'd be fine. Right. I wouldn't vomit. Yeah. But if it's eggy, mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a quiche, for example, mm -mm. it makes me vomit. And and there's there's a line, and I would say directly on that line is a, cre uh, is a creme brulee. Right. Sorry, not creme brulee is fine. Creme caramel. 
okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is my line. I can go one way or the other. Uh, but like explaining this to people, especially mm. when you're already feeling like a fussy yeah, eater yeah, for yeah. being a vegetarian. So we go around to these people's house and, and on the way there, I am thinking... Oh, I haven't told them about the egg thing. Oh, God, what if they've made something with eggs? Because people, you know, often do for vegetarians. It's a good go-to. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just all the way there thinking, oh, what if it's egg? And then I'm playing out these scenarios in my mind where I would sort of like either put it in my mouth and go straight to the toilet and spit it out or hide it inside a bread roll or all all this stuff. As it happened, there was no egg. Right. But, you know, I, I mentioned this because I do empathise. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so hard. Uh, Katie does go on because she says, I think this behaviour could be inherited as it's something I can see my father doing. An example of his awkwardness is this. My dad had gone to the same barbers for 52 years after his dad had taken him there as a teenager. My dad always gets the same haircut and beard trim and my dad very much liked the barber but couldn't tell you anything about him other than his name, Dave, because they did not converse. My dad hates conversing with people, even people he knows and loves. Anyway, the barber took on an apprentice last year and my dad turned up for his trim and was seen by the new guy, a young, dynamic, chatty man who insisted on talking to my dad all the way through. Dad hated it. Next time he went, the apprentice became free and offered his chair to my dad. Dad replied, oh, it's fine, I see this other gentleman, I'll wait for Dave. The young man said fine and offered the next guy the seat and Dad saw Dave a few minutes later. But Dad was convinced that the young man had seemed upset that Dad hadn't wanted him to cut his hair again. Dad reported when he got home that he felt terribly guilty that he may have offended the young man and it seemed to play on his mind for a few days about how he had not perhaps handled the situation very well. Dad's solution to the dilemma? Abandon Dave after 52 years of loyal custom <laughs> and find another barber rather than ever face the offended young man again. I think we all know where you got it from, Katie. I think we all know that's exactly where you got it from. Oh, that's great. Okay, let's go on to Grand Countess Vicky Beasley. On the subject of awkward social interactions, when I moved to my current home seven years ago, I joined a local gym and put myself onto a class the following day. I arrived a good few minutes early to see where all the equipment was kept and to set up. Shortly afterwards, another class member came in who was obviously a regular. He said hello to me and I asked if I was in the right place for the body pump class. He confirmed that I was. He then picked up a bench, a piece of equipment needed for the class, and turned towards me holding it out. So I grabbed hold of it, thinking what a nice young man he was helping me to set up. As I gripped the bench, I felt an unexpected resistance. And in that split second, I realised that he wasn't handing me the bench at all, but had simply picked it up for his own use. And I was effectively (laughs) mugging him for it. Despite this realisation, I felt powerless to stop and explain my mistake. And instead, quite literally wrestled it from his grasp and scuttled off to set up my workstation. He looked slightly shocked by what had occurred, but was too polite to say anything. And I was too much of a social incompetent to make a joke out of what had just happened. We both continued to attend this class regularly and I would completely ignore him due to embarrassment and shyness. Eventually, after a couple of years, we did actually become quite friendly and thankfully he never mentioned our first very awkward encounter. Okay, finally, this is from Distinguished Duchess Tracy. I will say before I read this that um, I feel like, you know, there are two different types of people who listen to this. Mm. There are people who... um, are too, too shy to do things so there's a shyness thing there and there are people who've got none of that but as a result end up doing terrible things yes yes I think Distinguished Duchess Tracy very much falls into the last category and okay. this may not be to everyone's taste okay <laughs> I went on holiday to Benidorm with my sister and a couple of my brother's friends. We had two apartments next door to each other. To set the scene, I'd been on antibiotics for tonsillitis and we'd had a lot to drink over the last few days. One morning, in a ladylike way, I thought to myself, I've got a very loud wind. I might go and entertain next door. So I ran to their apartment, opened the door and, in my socks on the marble floor, got a good 15-foot sideways risky business slide into the room saying, <laughs> listen to this, nothing to miss, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> but no, it wasn't a fart. It was a very loud, copious poo uh, right into my baggy cut-off tracksuit bottoms uh, I was wearing with no knickers. It was obvious what I'd done. They both looked at me, horrified, open-mouthed, white face. So I moonwalked backwards out of the apartment (laughs) next door into my apartment and straight into the shower. (laughs) Of course, I had to face them. It's been a long time, but they still remind me of it. What was it? Listen to this, nothing to miss. Listen to this, nothing to miss. Oh, God, that's extraordinary. 
extraordinary. I think every time anyone does anything they're ashamed of, they should all moonwalk <laughs> yes, backwards yeah, yeah. out of the room and into a shower. I'm learning to moonwalk. <laughs> um, please uh, send us your story. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. It's coming for you. Jeff Lloyd, Annabelle Port. Can you believe they just did that? Adrift. Annabelle. Yes. You have prepared a story, Ooh, which have, is yes. a little thing that you do every week mm-hmm. um, in your spare time. Yes, you do, yes, yeah. <laughs> you don't have that much spare time. No, it's my little project. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story about this week? Well, Jeff, you said, I think it was last week, you said that you'd never had a housemate. Yes, this is true. Yeah, yeah which I think is impressive because I feel like you've missed out on so much horrendousness. Mm. Like, I can't tell how many I'd had. 30 different housemates over the years. Are you including lovers? No, that's not including lovers. Wow. I mean, that's how it only take it to 32, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 30. My first housemates were in a flat that I shared at university. So it was in a hall of residence, but it was, in a, it was a self-contained flat of six people. And before I moved in, I was sent a very detailed questionnaire that asked your date of birth and then had loads of questions about hobbies and lifestyle, like all designed to match you with the flatmates that you'd live best with, get on best with. And when I got there, I thought... these are a mixed bag of people that I've been matched with. There was a a Welsh hardcore rugby fan guy, the type who would drink his own urine, Um, a public school boy who shaved his legs for cycling, even though it was just a hobby that he didn't really do very much. There was a girl called Dorcas who was lovely and very homely. Nicola, who was also homely, very wholesome and sweet. But she had this edge that she had a boyfriend from home who, when she broke up with him, he kidnapped her. Which was, it was so weird that like she wasn't around for a few days, which wasn't unusual because she was often going home to see him. But when she got back, I asked where she'd been. And she went, oh, Steve kidnapped me. And he actually had, like he put her in the boot of his car and wouldn't let her go. God. But she was really blasé about it and didn't tell the police or anything. It was so weird. Oh. It was very weird. So... It was a very mixed bag and like, I really wondered how this questionnaire put us all together until we discovered that our birthdays were all within a few weeks of each other. And it was clear <laughs> that the person in charge of matching us had just looked at the first question, date of birth, thought, oh, that'll do. Everyone born in March gets on, don't they? <laughs> and I checked with the flat next door. Yep, all born in February. <laughs> so lazy. In my third year of university, I shared a house with no central heating and a tiny kitchen for six people that me and my housemate Cheryl decided to decorate the walls by potato printing. And if that sounds terrible, then I should also add that we only had black paint. It wasn't terrible. It was horrendous. Especially as potato painting isn't an exact art. So it was supposed to be stars, but really they just look like splodges. Like you could give me 3,000 years to think about solely this and I couldn't come up with a reason why we thought this was a good idea. And, and did, the, did the bells on Noddy's hat keep showing through? Well, wait for this. <laughs> right. Wait for this. Cheryl also decided to do the ceiling of her bedroom and then she dropped out of university, leaving us to paint over it when, because when she moved out, like when we all moved out, we had to get our deposit back. Yeah. It took five coats on a ceiling. Like if there is a hell and if I end up there, I will look up and I will see those black splodges still showing through <laughs> after the fourth coat. So I've not always lived in the nicest of places. The flat I lived in in Mexico was okay, apart from the cockroaches. And the fact there was an issue with the toilet, which meant that you had to turn a valve off after you flushed it or it flooded the flat. But we sometimes forgot. And at least twice, I woke up, threw back the covers, put my feet on the floor and they were completely submerged in water. And I'm not even exaggerating. It was that bad. I think if I were in that flat now, I'd say, could you not just fix the toilet? (laughs) Is there not something you could do that didn't need this kind of valve changing? My last shared house, one of the girls pinned up a wall hanging that was a big tie-dyed sheet with a fish on it and it covered the whole wall. And in terms of decor, the only thing it was preferable to was a black paint potato printing. (laughs) I came home drunk one night and when everyone was in bed and I ripped it down in a surge of hatred. (laughs) And then I woke up early the next morning, remembered and crept downstairs to pin it up again. That's about as confrontational as I get. Like, I didn't say a word. One of the girls moved her boyfriend in without asking or suggesting any kind of changes to the rent or bill payments. And I once saw this boyfriend in the kitchen. He opened a bottle of Coke and it bubbled over and quite a bit spilled on the floor. And he stepped over it and walked out of the room. And I didn't say a word. (laughs) Once again, not very confrontational. And I once went into their bedroom when they'd been on holiday for two weeks because I wanted to use their full length mirror. And I saw on the carpet in the middle of their room a rasher of bacon. I often often think about that rasher of bacon just lying there. So disgusting. And I think that was my last shared house. I think I'd had enough after that. But I think probably the worst housemate of all 
was me, but I've run out of time now. Someone <laughs> telling me those stories. I just got time to ask you, Jeff. Do you feel like you've missed out at all? Not at all. <laughs> it's the person that sometimes get in touch with you, but then you don't talk to them very often because you're just like busy. And it's not that you don't like them; it's just that you don't like them that much. So you just kind of lose touch and uh, go adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Oh, you're just talking about housemates reminded me of this story that I love. It's not my story. Um, I've got this friend, Rick Plant, and he went to university, I think, in Leicester, and he lived in a student house with a bunch of other people, Mm -hmm. one of whom was a French guy who, from what I understand, there's often somebody like this in a shared house scenario, mm. the person you never really see who doesn't interact with other, other people. Yeah, yeah. And and I think part of the reason this French guy didn't interact, perhaps, was that he didn't speak English. Okay. Anyway, Rick told me this story. A friend of his had been trying to get hold of him on the phone, and this was in the days before mobile phones were really a thing. So this this friend of his just kept ringing the, the landline in this shared house where he lived and he needed to get hold of Rick quite urgently for some reason. So he's just ringing and ringing and ringing. And then eventually it's been like, you know, he's, it's the ninth time it's been ringing for a minute. Eventually the phone gets picked up and a voice goes, hello, I am French and in the house on my own. And then he just hangs up. <laughs> Amazing. Hello, I am French and in the house on my own. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Couldn't, was, you couldn't just leave. It's probably just so sick of it. Really, I know, I know. <laughs> but that, that, that's an explanation. Oh, he's French and in the house on his own. <laughs> oh. I mean, Rick must have told me that story 20 years ago, and it, it mm. still still tickles me. Um, right, I'll very quickly mention Patreon. As ever, thank you to you if you support us on Patreon. Uh, we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been thinking, what because it was Thank You Patrons Day last week, mm. and you sent out a light, nice little message to our Patreon patrons saying thank you. And then I got to thinking, Christmas is coming up, so we should really do something for our patrons for Christmas, right? Yeah, definitely. So I'm still trying to think about, but I think it should be a video. We've not done a, we've not yeah. done a little video, not said here a little video for a while, have yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, maybe like a Christmas party for two. Okay. So you and I could both wear party hats. Yep. And we could pull a cracker. Yep. And um, I could make something nice to eat with sprouts. Okay, that'd be nice for us, yeah. <laughs> just sprouts are one of my favourite foods, Brussels yeah, sprouts. I crazy. love them. I mean, I, I can just sit and eat them out of the bowl. It's very strange. Yeah, I love them. And uh, Anyway. Um and then we could do something. I mean, so I don't know if we do, we've sort of exhausted the question and answer mm. thing. I don't know if our patrons feel that they've got the answers to all the questions. Might be some new people who got some questions. Yeah. People. So so anyway, uh, look at if you are a supporter of ours on Patreon, look out over the next couple of weeks. We'll send a message out saying what we're going to do and any interaction that we need from you, mm. and then we'll make sure we have a little video for you in time for Christmas. Great. Um, Did you see the idea someone sent in? Um, I can't remember who it was, sorry, but we should do a director's commentary on the Partners podcast. We should both listen to it for the first time. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. So I take it you haven't listened to nope. it. No, I haven't no, listened no. to it. So it would be the first time. I mean, that was the thing that got the biggest sort of number of new Patreon supporters. Mm. I think people were very intrigued to know the truth. But what about what our side, the, the director's The truth behind the truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, a good, good that idea. is a good idea. I'll find out who said it, sorry. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely do that. And if you don't support us on Patreon, you can get access to all this kind of stuff. Plus, at the very basic level, if you just contribute the sort of minimum amount per month, uh, Annabelle will give you a title. Yes. So if you hear, you know, when we're reading out the, the letters and emails and things, people have these titles. These are bestowed upon them by Annabelle. Mm-hmm. And that's what you get as a thanks uh, for supporting us on Patreon. And then at different levels are all these different things that we knock up throughout the year when we get into a little bit of panic and thought, oh, we've not done anything for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you can support us, patreon.com stroke adrift. You will be reminded of this show and this feeling. Adrift. When you wake up. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. I feel very lucky living here because very close to me is a fantastic Indian grocer. Oh, nice. And I would say most of what I cook is Indian food. Mm. And I can go and get these ingredients that are very difficult to find anywhere else. And um, 
also Indian snacks, which I love as well. Sev, which like these tiny little crispy, almost noodle things that you can sprinkle mm. on top yeah. of your food. They do like sort of great crispy things that are very spicy. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm in there all the time, basically. And the the woman who works there, I can never quite tell if she likes me or not. <laughs> okay. She's got quite an abrupt way about her. Right. You know, she's she's not one of life's warm people. Mm. And I can sometimes have a reaction to that type of person where I, I try and overcompensate and I'm so desperate to be liked that I can find myself annoying to them. <laughs> right, okay. You know, I can feel myself annoying them. Mm. So that's that's the dynamic in this place, if, if you get a sense of yeah. it. So I'm like constantly trying to please her in, in some way. If there are any psychologists listening to this, I'd really <laughs> like to know what what is going on going on with me here. Um, recently, I was in there with my son, and she said, "How old's your son now?" I said, "He's he's two and a half." She said, uh, "Can you can you bring him baby clothes for less than twelve months?" There is a, a a woman who comes here who needs baby clothes, and honestly, I've made it my project now to get the most impressive bag of used Aww. baby clothes you've ever seen. Not not because you know it's not that I don't care about this this poor woman who's struggling to clothe yeah, yeah. a baby yeah. but it's more about the fact that i want the woman behind the counter in the shop to like me and think i'm a good person yeah, yeah, yeah. so that again that that is the dynamic why am i mentioning this well i go in there i would say 10 days ago and all she ever sees me do is is buy kind of indian groceries right mm. that's that's and she says oh i've got something that i think you'll like I said, said, what is it? She said, I've, I've made these. And she says the name of them, but I don't quite catch it. And she's basically got a stack of Tupperware boxes on the counter. Inside these boxes are these little, they kind of look like square sponge cakes, tiny square sponge cakes. And then on the top, there are mustard seeds and perhaps like a curry leaf and, and, and some other stuff. And she says, I made these. Do you, do you, do you want to buy a box? Now, what am I going to say? <laughs> Even if I thought they looked revolting, yeah, yeah, yeah. B- partly because of awkwardness, like if anybody tries to sell me anything, if they phrased it that directly, I would say yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And partly because of my need to win approval of this lady, I say, yes, please. Um, so I buy this box of cakes for £2. Mm. Go home, eat one. Mm. Very nice. Mm-hmm. You tried one earlier. I enjoyed it, yeah. You and I are the only people who enjoy them. I've Sarah thinks they're they're not for her. Right. My mother-in-law tried one. She made this noise. She went ugh really? the second she bit into it. Yeah, it's a conf- it's, they're confusing because it's a, it's a very savoury taste, but the texture is very cakey. Mm. I mean, I, I think they're great, mm. but there are probably eight in a box. Right. Yeah. So I go in there the next day after I bought this first box, mm. and she said, "Did you enjoy the cakes?" I said, "Yes." And then I start making up this lie because I want her approval. I said, "I love them. My wife loved them. My mother-in-law's oh, no. visiting. She God. loved them. Yeah. I mean, we just can't get enough of them." She says, "Oh, good. I've made more." Oh no. So I said, "Oh, that's fantastic. I'll, I'll take a couple of boxes." Okay. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start buying in bulk. Yeah. Like this, this woman has never baked cakes or anything before, <laughs> but because she's got the idea that these cakes are, you know, hugely popular in my household and there will be in others, mm. there's now like every time I go in, there's a stack on the counter. And she says, oh, I've got more of these cakes for you. And then I feel obliged to buy a couple of boxes. Of course you do. But nobody likes them apart from me, so I'm eating them all myself. Yeah, yeah. How do do I nip this in the bud? Is it too late? Are we past the bud stage? I find out in this week's The Incident. And for advice this week, I asked our fellow drifters on Facebook. I also posted a photograph of myself holding one of these cakes. Um, The first reply came from Milo O'Neill, who said, Jeff, you're looking old, mate. Milo, why why would you write that? It's mystifying to me that you would write that to a person. You know, if I've maybe, you know, got some jam on my face, you could have commented, Jeff, you've got jam on your face, and I could have wiped it off. Or even at a stretch, Jeff, that haircut doesn't suit you. I can get a new haircut. What am I supposed to do about my old, haggard-looking face? All you've done is, is make me think about my own mortality. Anyway, that was the first one. Um... Next, Nigel Madderford says, clearly the only course of action is to never set foot in the shop again. As it's local to you, moving may also be necessary. Daniel Steele says, uh, you, you, you have to buy two boxes every time you go in for life. 
or get a new grocer. Those are the only choices. David Morris says wear a disguise. Uh, Karen Hack says tell her your wife wants to lose some weight. And um, and since she enjoys the cake so much, you don't want to bring anything home that might tempt her since you are a loving and supportive husband. I, I do quite like blaming it on her, but I think I'd have to be very careful. I mean, I'd really have to, you know, go big on the... Now, I don't think she needs to lose weight. I think she, she looks perfect as she is because I wouldn't want the woman in the shop to think I was a controlling husband who uh, was encouraging his wife to lose weight um, what else Carl Moore says um, tell her there's a medication to reduce stomach acid which turmeric interferes with um, and you could say that you're taking these meds and you just found out that you're not supposed to have turmeric this is good you see now now a few of the replies um, kind of start getting into this allergic reaction territory um, Liz says uh, telling your wife has developed a sensitivity to an ingredient in the cakes she is so very sad that she's not able to have the cakes uh, that out of solidarity you can no longer purchase them yes I like that because it, it puts the blame on her and I also get to be some kind of martyr this is good Liz uh, Duncan McNaughton says, uh, tell her you've got a guest visiting and they have a severe allergy uh, to, and then in brackets, the appropriate ingredient, and that you'll be back to get more when they've gone in two to three weeks. Hopefully by then, enough time has passed for the cycle to break. I, I do enjoy a short-term lie, you know, something that has got uh, an expiry date on it. Yeah, um, what else? Ian says... Uh, T- tell her you don't know who she is and you were merely the recipient of a recent face transplant from a local man who was eaten by chickpea-obsessed cannibals. Jackie O'Malley says, set up a stall just outside her shop selling the cakes. This is brilliant, Jackie. Alex has something in a similar vein. Uh, Alex says, continue buying two boxes every time you go in and stockpile all the remaining cake that you don't eat. Use this supply to open your own cake vending machine company, Jeff Cakes is a suggestion of the name, uh, which will allow customers to buy delicious cake but without the hassle of human interaction. Use the profits from your new cake empire to buy the grocer's I really like your entrepreneurial spirit there, Alex. And uh, finally, Steve Miller says, tell her your wife left you. You're really upset and the cakes just remind you of her because she loved them so much. Jobs are good. And- it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com excuse me do you have any wood jeff lloyd and annabelle port adrift Ooh, I'm in the stream. It's that bit of the podcast where I just string a bunch of unconnected things together. Um, There's something that worries me, though. So I think today's podcast has been like just a touch on the scatological side. Mm, Okay. Um, You know, what with the the moonwalking trouser accident and, you know, me talking about my... um, you know, STD clinic oh, and things. Yeah, yeah. Now, and I know this isn't for everyone, mm. but also what what worries me is like occasionally we'll get a listener, somebody will email in and say, oh, I listen to this with my kids. And I wonder if it, it's, it's a bit much yeah. for anyone listening with children. That being said, the unrelated things that I've kind of scribbled down to fill this bit of the podcast are kind of in that family of things. Okay. So I just wanted to to point out that if if you think it's been a bit much this week maybe fast forward the next two or three minutes okay. so 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 anyway so the first thing is it's that time of year now we're, we're into the run-up to christmas mm-hmm. so last night my wife and i she had a rare night in we um we did something festive oh yeah we watched the film love actually <laughs> okay which i wouldn't say we hate watch it that's not quite the thing because I, d- I do ultimately like it even though yeah. it's this very sort of corny and flawed 
film in all these ways, but it feels like Christmas, right? Mm. And the reason I've come to love that film in recent years is my brother-in-law, Sam, is obsessed with it. So when he was a student, he used to get stoned and watch this film over and over again. And he's noticed all these tiny little details that you would never, ever notice, like just minuscule things. So we had the, the writer and director of that film, Richard Curtis, on the radio show, uh, some years ago, and Sam sent me a list of questions to ask him. And these things were so obscure. Like Richard Curtis was like finding it highly amusing that anybody <laughs> had noticed any of these oh, things. Wow. Like, for example, um, he, he wanted to know something about the pond that Colin Firth and his cleaner Aurelia are scrambling around in to pick up the pages of the novel that have blown into the water. Like, how deep is the eel pond? And, and sure enough, it turned out that it was really shallow and they're pretending to swim, but they're going around on their knees the whole time. Oh, okay. And then there's a bit at the end of the film, I can't remember the kid's name, but he's, he's also in Game of Thrones. He plays Joe John Reed, this weird little um, kind of uh, seer sort of prophet kid. Um and he's also Liam Neeson's son in Love Actually. And you remember sort of the climax of that film is him running through an airport oh, yeah, yeah. to tell the girl from his class that he's in love with, that he, he a class at school, that, he, um, that he, he loves her and he goes through security and it's all this thing. Sam says, can you ask Richard Curtis why he has glitter on his hands in the last shot? <laughs> Wow. And sure enough, there was something like I'd never you you would never notice this. And sure enough, there was something where this kid was supposed to throw glitter up in the air and it ended up being cut from the film. Oh. But there was some glitter stuck to his oh, hands. Wow. You know, so so Richard Curtis couldn't believe this level of detail that somebody would pay to, to that film. Um and, and anyway, I've become quite fond of it in recent years. And I've noticed something that even even my brother-in-law hadn't put two and two together. Yeah. And as I say, this is this is a bit base. It's okay. A, it's a bit. Uh, base is probably the right word. Okay. Yeah. So there's a piece of music that you will hear in the film. Incidentally, I'm going to play it now on this instrument, yeah. which I think is called a melodica. It's like a keyboard that you blow into. Ready? Mm-hmm. So the music goes. I'm gifting you here. If you if you are sort of somebody who uh, who um, finds a, a bit of filth funny, like every time you hear that music in that film, mm. when you watch it this Christmas, mm. uh, imagine it to be a signifier that someone somewhere is getting a boner. <laughs> Honestly, it makes the film so much more enjoyable. Well, I'm going to watch it this Christmas. Two, notice that. No, no, no. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. that. You mean you don't need to tell your family that? But I mean, <laughs> this is uh, once again. I mean, this at the moment people are thinking, "What's he on about?" But I promise you, if if you remember this piece of music, and just think, there's something stirring in a pair of trousers somewhere. Every time you hear it, it will make that film uh, much more enjoyable. Um, I'm not sure that was worth worth it, really, but there you go. Uh, the other thing, and th- th- really this is a quandary from me. We'll come on to Quandary Corner in a minute, mm. but a quandary from me. Um, had a man around fixing the toilet seat yesterday. Yeah. And while he was fixing the toilet seat, I, as, as quite often happens with me, I felt a somewhat urgent need to go to the toilet, and I don't mean for a wee. Okay, yeah, yeah. What yeah. do you do in that situation? I, I've had that situation before with someone coming to fix the boiler and they were getting those, yeah. was going in and out of the bathroom loads. And I honestly, it was so it was so bad that even though I lived in a studio flat at the time, a tiny flat, and he was always within like a metre of me, I thought, could I just go into the bedroom and do it in a plastic bag? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was sweating. And like, eventually he left and I was like, oh. It's, yeah. really, it's very hard. Oh, yeah, damn, yeah. I wish I'd thought about the yeah, plastic I, bag. I think that's but, the only yeah, If it yeah. gets that bad plastic bag in the bedroom. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Germans. Drift. Time now for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. It's the Knowledge College and Rules for Fools at the school. <laughs> it's, it's Rules School. <laughs> Nobody's sent in any new suggestions for what this feature should be no, called for a no. long time. I think, have they? I think it's for a best thing. You can't remember them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, who's who's the first one from? It's from Mr. Anon. 
What does Mr Anon say? Recently, we needed some DIY done in our house and I asked my friend to assist as it was a job that we thought would only take about 20 minutes and he knows more about this stuff than I do. And whilst I must admit he is good at DIY, it isn't his profession. Unfortunately, the little job became a bigger one over a whole weekend. I was next to useless, but he seemed to know what he was doing and eventually we got it fixed. Happy days and I gave him some money and a nice bottle of wine to say thanks. A couple of months later, me and my partner were doing some more work with my parents and it turns out that the work my friend had done had caused a big issue in our house and has actually caused some, thankfully, minor damage to one of our walls. It's all fixed now, but my query is how, if at all, do I bring this up with my mate? I'm not angry or mad or after any kind of recompense. It was an honest mistake and I couldn't say I would have known better. And if I'd known it was such a big job when it all started, I may not have asked him to do it. However, being such a friendly chap, he is bound to ask how things are with the house sooner or later. I know it's going to make him feel dreadful. I'm also aware if I don't mention it now and then he finds out way down the line, that could also be an issue. Any help on this sticky situation will be gratefully received. I mean, the the first thing that springs to mind is you must never say anything about it, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but then also if you have got one of these little things in the back of your mind and I know that it, it can just eat away at you, I mean, is there a passive-aggressive way of of saying it? There's, there's, there's no, there is no good way of saying it. Mm. The only good way of saying it is why also handing him a million-pound check because then there's nothing else is going to soften the blow apart from the money. There's nothing yeah. you can do. Just don't say unless you think you think there's any chance that you might get drunk with him and blurt it out. Mm. I would definitely never say anything. So somebody else went back and fixed it. Um, I think yeah, he's he got it all sorted in the end. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's all not, sorted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really understand the compulsion to say something. Really, I, I really do. <laughs> I really wouldn't want. To, I just, I don't understand the compulsion to want to say something. I just keep. I'll just be like, that's it. I, even, I would never mention it. Okay, okay. We'll we'll leave it at that. Then. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, no, I think I'm right. There's no kind of. Uh, here's, here's a funny thing. <laughs> yeah, no, let me ask you. Really, they really ruined the. Like, how's yeah. that going to? It's going to be terrible. Yeah. If you offer to do any more DIY again, that could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Mm. I mean. I I'm, I'm hearing like a phrase that I use a lot in my head. Like, it's like, let me ask you a question. Oh, right, I mean, right, that's the right. way into. Let me ask you a question. That's yeah. often the way into. But then, these what things. would be the question? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You get. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's any one. There's any one thing to do. Never mention it again. Or is there somebody else you could mention it to? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I wonder if there's somebody else you could mention it to in confidence, but you mention it to a blabbermouth. <laughs> Who then repeats it to him? That's so even no, worse. no, no, it's not. No, it's it not. No, worse. it's not. It's no. not from you. No, it's no, like you're bitching about them. Yeah, no, but you, no, you, you, you could be clever in that. You say, you, you say to the blabbermouth, mm. like, I feel awful about this. You know, such and such did this thing, and it turned out blah blah blah. And um, yeah, I mean, but you why know, why do you I, want them to know? <laughs> they feel bad about it. <laughs> All it's going to do is make them feel bad. So why do you want them to know? Why do I, yeah. Why do, why do Again, you if there's know? a psychologist listening who can <laughs> help me with this, why would I want them to know? Like, I wouldn't want to deliver that news myself. No. Something to do with accountability. Okay. I think. Right. Yeah, I struggle when people don't hold themselves accountable. Okay. Now, of course, this person is, you know, they're not not holding themselves accountable because they don't know about it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'll... I'll, uh, I'll Maybe book a couple of therapy sessions yeah, and, and, and see then, what's and going on. And then do there. your thesis on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, and what else? Okay, let's move on to Grand Sea Lord Gordon D. Even though I'm 56 and a Grand Sea Lord, I have never been on a stag weekend. Friday the 30th of November to the Monday. We are staying at Butlin's Minehead where Madness are holding their annual event. So great venue and decent accommodation, horrendous bar prices. We have been before. It's in honour of my lovely son, John, who is marrying the lovely Bristolian Clarice in January. Question one. I have been invited. Even though I feel a bit weird about going to my lad's do, I am oh so proud to attend. Do I act as lazazaza lads? I am worried. I may act as lad lad's dad. (laughs) Even though we have had belting, even raucous outings, it's mainly been me and him and a few inner circle people. Mm. Jeff. How should I approach this event? I don't mind being larked about, but I know these things can get out of hand. I just feel awkward in my role. Question two, before I go on, I must explain I am an introvert extrovert. I am a salesman in real life. 
In downtime, I am quiet and happy in my own world and skin. I can be painfully shy too. You see, these things aren't binary. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. When I don the suit, I can turn on an inner persona, like you do with karaoke, and be Mr. Bloody out there. I am the same at social events. I am lively, gobby, and sometimes considered a tad witty. All on my own terms, generally, and I can shed the shyness. So I am sociable on my level. My issue is, John's best man, the delightful little Danny Arnold, had to decree John <laughs> be dressed up like a wren and a very tarty one. This has made me chuffle, chuckle as he's six foot two and has a beefy beard. My heart sank a little when it was decreed that I can't go as Batman as planned. Saturday <laughs> night is deemed superhero night at Butlins. I also have to go as a slutty wren too, but not so over the top as John. This does freak me out a little, if I'm honest, but as it will be safety in numbers, I can just about cope and purchase the kit as requested by Dan, a brassy white top, shorts and white pop socks. <laughs> Unfortunately, as there are also many other acts on, I really want to see a few. I want to know the following. Is it permissible for me to lead the group to go off and see Chris Difford and a few other bands and singers the youth will not be interested in? My main, my main worry is being dressed as a... T- <laughs> <laughs> I can see where this is going, yeah. My main worry yeah. is being dressed as a tarty wren on my own, out of context. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's frankly making me feel sick inside. What do I do? Accommodation is a bit away from the indoor venues. Any help appreciated. Sorry for not sending earlier. I really pondered over whether I should ask or not, as it is a tad trivial to the rest of the world, but to me, <laughs> yeah, thought-consuming. Yeah. So I think, think like my first thought is, you, as, as the dad, there needs to be some arm's length element here. Yeah, I think you need to almost... Yeah, you watch an episode of Happy Days, mm-hmm. and the Fonz wasn't in it all the time. Actually, the focus of the story generally was on Ralph Malf, Richie Cunningham, and Potsy. Okay. And then the Fonz would come in and steal the scene every now and again, right. but tended not to be the, the protagonists, right? Okay. okay. And I think that's how you've got to think of yourself, like a daddy cool in this situation. Okay. So, you know, in, in terms of going off and seeing other bands and things, because also, yeah. It, it it can just make young people uncomfortable Mm-mm. if uh, a dad behaves like a member of your generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know? you really have to play it right, don't you? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, that that's why I'm advocating this. So I think in terms of going off yeah. and doing your own thing, uh, I, th- I think that's fine. I mean, it's a whole weekend, so there'll be some ag- activities uh, from which I think it's, it's okay to absent yourself. Mm-hmm. That being said, I I am struggling with the slutty wren yes, costume on your own out of context. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that we both laughed yeah, says it all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, setting aside the um, the, the, the value judgments about the wren being slutty. Mm-mm. Are we talking about the the <laughs> bird, the wren bird, or like a like a navy? Wren? Yeah, I, th- I think like a, uh, a wartime wren. Yeah, yeah. I honestly thought that it was the bird. Okay, yeah. Let's not judge her choices. No, no. And and you know when when I say that, what I mean, what's the name again? Sorry, his name, the Sea Lord. Oh, Gordon. Gordon. Yes. Um, you know, I think when you are dressed as this wren, you shouldn't think of yourself as slutty but i think you should think of yourself as a strong empowered sexually liberated mm, yeah, yeah 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 that's how, what you should call yourself yeah yeah that being said <coughs> i'm not sure sort of wandering off to watch chris difford out of ski squeeze dressed like that is mm. is i mean if you're shameless why not but i mean yeah. are, are there elements of the costume that could be quickly detached well, I've not been to one of these weekends. Like maybe it's normal just to kind of wander around looking like that. I don't know. I imagine so. But I, th- I think just sort of like a truth about fancy dress mm. is somebody in fancy dress on their own. Yeah, it's a bit tragic. Is, is yeah. you know, it's, it's going to... these People have paid to go and have a nice weekend at Butlins. They oh, don't want to see do. you on your own, a tragic figure. I get your point. as a no. sexually liberated <laughs> man. <laughs> it might make them feel sad. <laughs> yeah, ruin the weekend. I, I get your point that you can't go back to your accommodation to get changed. Yeah. Why don't you stash somewhere, like hide somewhere, like behind a plant pot, mm. somewhere central, something to cover yourself up? So a you can toga, go, a toga. Yeah, well, just take just take your sheet from your bed, stuff it in a plant pot. <laughs> 
but it's that's still fancy dress. No, what I mean is like a jumper and some right, trousers. Right, 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 right. A hoodie. Oh, I see. And, and, and stuff them behind a plant pot. No one's going to steal it. Go and get it. Put it over your, your little outfit and then um, go and see Chris Difford and then you can put it back in the plant pot. I'm really liking your mental image of Butlins as this place with all these plant pots. <laughs> Because, I mean, if if there are plant pots at these types of things, I imagine people are largely throwing up in them. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Ask, okay. the, ask, the, ask the DJ. I used to DJ a lot. Yeah. And people would always be asking me to keep things behind my decks. Well, the barman woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, f- I feel that. I think that's the answer. Yeah. Or, or fake some kind of illness. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. don't go for the yeah. whole weekend. Okay, that's that sorted. Great. How do you feel about being in the outro with me again this week? Oh, yeah. Here again. Yeah, here you are. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, I miss you in the outro. Oh. And then I think some weeks it's nice to have Annabelle here. So, um, yeah, uh, you just heard Quandry Corner, and we would love to hear your dilemma. If you have a social situation where you're struggling to know what the, the rules are, then we, we can tell you. Although, I mean, I think we were very woolly on both of those this, this week. But by and large, I think, I think we just know. This, this week has been an exception. Uh, so email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com, and it's the same email address if you would like to send in a story, because we would love you to send in a story. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. Uh, the voices you hear on our little idents are Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox. Vince made all those little things. I mean, I did the music. I think I should get some credit for no, that. yeah, and you Vince do. didn't do that. Maybe no. put them all together mm. and put... You know, the, the source material... It was you. ...was me. And why hasn't, you know, some great songwriter come calling and asked you to collaborate? <laughs> I will never know. I know, I know. Um, you know, so we thank Iwana Barbu, who's, who's around at the moment, I believe, and uh, Patrick Gunning uh, provided the technical support, Kim Rainey made the artwork, and Carla Gowlett took the photos. Uh, what else have we got to do? Mention Patreon again. Uh, we really appreciate your support. Um, it allows us to justify to our partners and as Annabelle said bank managers um, giving up a day or so every week to make this uh, so, so thank you for doing it yeah, we can carry on doing the podcast because of you uh, and you can support us at patreon.com stroke adrift that's patreon.com stroke adrift and I think that's everything oh you were talking about the charts before weren't you the iTunes charts yeah and you'd like to see us back up there number one well we were a number one once but yeah. the thing about podcasts is it's not about how many downloads you get it's the charts on iTunes it's about how many new downloads you get new subscribers and about how many reviews people write on there so if you want to find us a new subscriber if you want to write a review a five star one if you haven't already then that is always greatly appreciated yeah. and, uh, and and then um, I think that's everything I think so just one more thing to say Nothing to miss. Listen to this. Adrift. Adrift. Podication time. This comes from Helen Reynolds, who says, Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. If you are now reading these words on the podcast, you should know that I'm almost certainly whooping and jumping up and down in a state of unadulterated glee. That's nice to know. Yeah. Uh, Helen continues, as an arch perfectionist and master procrastinator, the vast majority of things that I imagine myself doing never make it past the cutting room floor of my imagination. (laughs) I think that's uh, true of many of us, including me, Helen. Uh, However, my brother's birthday is on Friday the 30th of November and there is really no alternative but to write an astropodication to wish the lovely Tim Reynolds a wonderful birthday. I had never heard of you until three months ago when said brother told me about the show while I was on a trip back to England to visit my family. Uh, Up until I started listening, I'd always thought of me and Tim as the sole inhabitants of a strange race of people who experience the world a little differently to everyone else. I'm not sure if I ever told him this, but there have been many times when I went through something uncomfortable, embarrassing or just plain silly when I thought of him afterwards and knew that he would understand in a way that nobody else possibly could. 
I'm planning to write soon and tell you about the time I went to an AA meeting, brackets, I'm not an alcoholic, and things got awkward in a way that none of my friends could really understand. (laughs) On the way home from this debacle, the only light at the end of the tunnel was imagining being able to tell my brother what had happened. Even though we're very different in some ways, I feel like we share a private emotional language and that we just get each other on a level that means so much to me. Anyway, now that I listen to the show, I know that there are other people out there from Drifter Nation, but it doesn't change the uniqueness of the connection I feel with my brother. Maybe we have our own archipelago. I mean, it would be weird if this podcast just did make you realise your relationship with your brother wasn't that special. (laughs) So I'm glad that you're in your own archipelago. Uh, I've now listened to 44 episodes in 11 weeks. That's Uh, that's not nice, is it, for you? Uh, And that includes some days where I've listened to four episodes in a single day. I'm looking forward to catching up and being in real time with you guys, but I'll be sad when I can no longer binge. One more thing. Although I'm afraid... This might already be a bit long or too boring. No, not not at all. Uh, I hope it's not too indulgent of me. I'm pretty inexperienced on Twitter, as is evident from my nine followers. However, about a week uh, after I started listening to Adrift, I tweeted about Adrift a moment. I'd ordered a drink from a little hipster coffee shop where I was dropping off postcards to advertise an event I produce. I didn't want the drink in the first place, but I always feel obliged to buy things in coffee shops when I'm dropping off cards. Mm. Yeah, I've never dropped off cards, but I, I understand yeah. that. Um, they normally give me a little to-go cup, but this time the barista gave me a huge ceramic mug. Instead of asking her to switch it, her switch it, I resigned myself to sitting down for the appropriate amount of time to drink the cup of unwanted tea. Uh, it struck me that this was an undeniable drifter moment, and needing some time to fill, I tweeted about what I was doing and tagged Jeff. To my absolute shock and amazement, he liked my post. I didn't know such things actually happened on Twitter. Um, <laughs> although I have since received a reply to an unrelated tweet from the wonderful Warren Buffett. <laughs> Star of Baby Ballroom. Hang on, isn't Warren Buffett a billionaire? Yeah, sure. What's Baby Ballroom? Star of Baby, I don't know. Maybe it's a different Warren. Yeah. Uh, That made me feel like I was really hobnobbing with the stars. I digress. Um, After after receiving the like from Jeff, I immediately panicked. My Twitter feed was an uncurated mess consisting mostly of random petitions. Even though I knew full well that Jeff would not have actually looked at the rest of my feed, the possibility was just too embarrassing and I immediately (laughs) deleted all the petitions and have since been attempting pithy observational (laughs) tweets that I'm sure my nine followers greatly appreciate. Maybe you'll get a kick out of this one from Halloween featuring a future drifter. Um, A young kid dressed as Batman comes to the door. Him. Trick or treat? I choose treat and hand over the candy. Me. Goodbye, Batman. Him. Actually, I'm just Colin. Oh, oh God. Colin. <laughs> uh, I better go now, and I'm really song- sorry if this was too long. Not at all. Nope. Uh, slash and burn, Annabelle. No, you, you barely did, actually, mm. did you? Yeah. Uh, nevertheless, I hope that my brother has or had depending on when you get to this, a sparkling day on the 30th. He is an amazing person with a brilliant mind and a fabulous sense of humour. If he gets around to sharing any of his own Drifter stories, I think you'll love him too. Keep up the perfectly adequate work, you two. All the best. Helen. Well, uh, Regal Viscountess, mm-hmm. Helen, that is. That I think we should a... all follow her on Twitter and send her into meltdown. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she might uh, lose her mind. Yeah. I mean, it's she, too stressful for her. She hasn't put her um, Twitter no, she handle. Hasn't, no. But maybe you could search for Helen Reynolds. Find the one with nine followers. Yeah, look for the Batman tweet and, <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and you're in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I will say I do sometimes look at people's Twitter feeds. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't recall looking at Helen's, but it depends how sort of bored I am, which mm. is usually quite bored. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's something I'll be doing after this podcast if I don't get distracted <laughs> okay. by those cakes from the Indian grocer. Mm. And then this one uh, comes from Gordon, who we heard from before. Grand Sea Lord Gordon Derbyshire, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Ahoy, Grand Sea Lord Gordon Derbyshire here. Uh, I have two requests for a podification and a question for Quandary Corner. That's been addressed. Uh, May I have a podification for the next podcast? Please, please, please. It's a birthday message for my lovely son and my baby, Jonathan Derbyshire. John is turning 31 on Friday the 30th of November, and I would dearly love to wish him a great birthday. 
Sorry, I had to stifle a burp then. Oh, okay. I thought you were starting to cry again. No. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rarity in the publications Ooh. for me not to cry, yeah. but that was just a, either a if burp or a crying over birthdays, I'm yeah. going to get worried. <laughs> <laughs> he is a bloody fine fellow, a serving submariner in the Royal Navy, and truly makes a proud father, uh, truly makes me a proud father year after year. Oh, my God, what a great job that is. Yeah. A submariner. No. I hope he's got a very full beard and smokes a pipe. Well, he has. He's got a beefy beard. Of course, we yeah, well before. remembered. Yes, yeah. yes. I wonder if that's like part of the uh, thing for working on a submarine. Yeah. That, you know, when when you go for the interview, they say, can you grow a fulsome beard? Mm. Yes, I would describe it as beefy. You've got the job. <laughs> uh, I'm also prone to the bends, but never mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's supporting me over many years with my ups and downs, being a great wingman at concerts and festivals and footy up the villa in Pompeii. Pompeii. What? I thought it was up Pompeii. It's Pompey. What's Pompey? Pompey. It's like it's a Pompey. Isn't that like Southampton Football Club or something? I, to be honest, I don't know, but I know it's Pompey. Why does he support two teams? Is that allowed? Yeah, Aston Villa and Southampton. Maybe I'm wrong. Pompey. Pompey. Yeah, I think you can have two teams. You can, you can understand why I got confused because there was that um, yeah, Frankie Howard no. sitcom up Pompey. No, I totally understand the confusion. Yeah. Uh, I do love every bone in his bearded body, in fact, and wish him a fantastic birthday at a madness-hosted weekend at Minehead Butlins. We're all going to be there for his stag weekend, as we know, as we discovered mm. earlier. Um, love to you both. Hugs all. Grand C Lord Gordon D. I do hope, you know, I know I encourage you to fake illness and not go to the stag weekend, but I hope you, I hope you go and I hope it's marvellous. Yeah. Madness are always fantastic. Yeah, that'd Chris be brilliant. Difford, I yeah, don't know yeah. who else is on, but I mean, that that already, that has the makings of a great weekend. Yeah. And, you know, follow Annabelle's plant pot advice. Exactly. You'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. You uh, missed the, the update at the top. What update at the, the top? The important update, go to the top. Update. Oh, yeah. oh this is great. <laughs> uh, an update from last week. Uh, this is from Lord Chamberlain John Corzelius, who says that his granddaughter arrived on the 20th, the name Ellery Rose. A little girl. Congratulations. Aww. What lovely news. Yes. Lord Chamberlain. Congrats. The grandfather. Yeah. John Corzelius. Ellery Rose. That is a lovely name. Gorgeous. Yeah, so there we go. Um, I enjoyed those publications this week. Uh, Ellery Rose, welcome to the world. Yep. Hey, you with a pretty face. Welcome to the human race. Um, from John Corzelius. Tim Reynolds, happy birthday from Helen, who we need to uh, have a look for on Twitter. And to, I don't know if he's a captain, but I'm, I'm calling him the submarine captain. Good, okay. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Derbyshire from Grand Sea Lord Gordon. There we go. That's this week's podications. If you would like one, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah. 